In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Let's down at the New Amsterdam. Stand at this yellow-haired girl, Mr. Jones strikes up a conversation with a black-haired flamenco dance. You know she dances while his father plays guitar. She's suddenly beautiful, and we all want something beautiful. Man, I wish I was beautiful So come dance the silence down through the morning Sha-la-la-la-la-la-la-la, yeah Uh-huh, yeah And cut up the real Show me some of them Spanish dancers And pass me a bottle Jones Believe in me Help me believe in anything Cause I I wanna be someone Who believes Yeah
guys welcome to an all new episode of so bad it's good with ryan bailey it's ryan here how is everybody doing um let's see here it's wednesday night man when the week starts it just kind of goes 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 i'm sure i'm sure it's like that for you too but it has been a hell of a day what a what a weird day what a weird week are you guys feeling that as well i'm not into astrology or anything but anytime i hear of like me and all of my friends having weird things happening to them i'm like it it ha- I hope it's astrology. <laughs> I'm just going to trust that it's some Mercury and Gatorade and, and we'll just leave it at that. But I hope you guys are doing well. There is so much going on right now. And tonight today's going to be uh, a, di- a different kind of episode. No, you know what? It's going to be the same kind of episode in that we're going to deal with some uh, really intense topics and uh, a documentary series that I was a part of and um, that I think is really worth your while in checking out on Discovery Plus. It's going to be premiering on Friday. September 2nd, uh, called House of Hammer. And not only is it about Army Hammer, but it's about the Hammer family. And I've seen the first two parts of this thing, and it blew me away. And I'm not supposed to really kind of give reviews or anything, so I'm not. But we have Casey Hammer today, um, who is Army's aunt, but also her, uh, she wrote this wonderful book called Surviving My Birthright. And, you know, the second part of this docuseries, especially, Um, you know, you will just be blown away by her story and the story that these documentarians told. I I, I have to say, I was very worried to be a part of this for so many reasons. And I talked to you guys about this. I've talked to you guys when I first did it, when I was thinking about doing it, uh, for the people that have listened, you know, to to every episode. Hello, all 10 of you. Uh, you know, I was, I was really worried about doing this and I watched it and I was, I was just like, wow, this was actually really well done. And I know I'm not supposed to review it, but it was well done. And I, I, I really appreciated the work that they put in on this. And I think it's, you know, a very important, especially for in this day and age, but the history of this family is just fascinating. You could go and look up the history of this, or I'm sure you've seen all the viral TikToks from people like the Zen Blonde uh, or our buddy BBF Bravo, who will be on the show next week. I interviewed them today, and we get a little bit deeper into it. 
and we talk a little bit more about the documentary because at that point it'll be out and hopefully some of you guys have seen it and uh, we'll be able to answer more questions about that. Uh, I was just reading an article um, from somebody on Army's camp saying that they're worried that this is going to destroy him and uh, Lauren the Zenblon was like, well, you know, he has the choice to not watch it. And, uh, you know, some of the women that he had, you know, allegedly done things to did not have that same choice in some ways. So I will always remember that. And and, and um, so this is Casey Hammer today that we're speaking with. And I, I thought her story is just fascinating. It's a quick 29 minute interview. Um, I do want to give trigger warnings for anything. There are some intense topics touched on, but we don't get really too deep into, like, I didn't want to, and I, this, it's so weird to use words that you would use for like movie. Like, I don't want to spoil things. Like you can go and look up all of this stuff and it is weird. And I talk about this on the show in regards to how we view pop culture and entertainment now is that these stories that are horrifying that really, really happened, we start to view as entertainment. I was even watching this thing just so gripped and like, I still have and seen the third part, and I'm really, really itching to see the third part. Um, but also, uh, for those of the people that do watch it, I just want you to know, um, I did not do this uh, lightly. I thought about this for a long time, uh, and also I did not do this for my career. Um, listen, I've always dreamed about talking about pop culture, and I get to do that every day right here. And uh, Listen, you guys also know I would love to be a pop culture expert and pop up, uh, you know, as an expert on fun documentaries and things like this. I just had uh, specific instances with one of the people that is involved in this documentary. So um, I was able to add a little insight and, uh, you know, the, the women that have come forward in this and the people that they have, like these historians to talk about the family. It just, just really, I'm telling you, it's really worth a watch. I'm really curious what you guys think. And I really want like uh, uh, that second part just blew me away because I really love that. I love learning about like the history of families and especially after watching the show Succession on HBO and just like the Hammer family is a real life succession, which I know I taught touch on with Casey a bit. Um, now, I only got a little bit of time with her. I could go hours with her because what a fascinating story. But I'm telling you, go check out her book. And I'm sure you're going to be hearing a lot more for, from her. And I hope you will uh, check this docu-series out. Um, and I'm curious what you think. There's so many different topics of conversation that can be brought up through this docu-series. Um, so I'm very curious about that. And I hope people treat this docu-series and Casey uh, kindly. I mean, these are really, you know, I think we always need to think how, uh, you know, we, we talk a big game a lot about how we treat women or like to believe all women and treat women this way. You know, we all talk a big game, but sometimes we don't actually, um, we don't walk the walk sometimes, if that makes sense. And I primarily have a female audience, I think, so you guys know what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, you're going to hear from Casey Hammer today. And it, 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 I've, I feel like I've lived like all darkness this week because I've talked so much about the Army stuff and the Hammer family and watching that. And it's like just such the creepiest feeling, right? You know, just a creepy feeling. And then, of course, I watched Real Housewives of Beverly Hills tonight. And another just as dark feeling comes from watching that show, even though I'm just tired and I'm going to get sleep and I'm going to really kill it on Friday for that recap. Because 
I guess Diana Jenkins is suing everybody or cease and desisting everybody. I am, I was not in the first round of cease and desist. I'm hearing, I mean, I am legitimately hearing that I am probably going to hear um, maybe from somebody from her legal team tomorrow. We will, we'll see about that. I think it's still free to have opinions uh, here, but who knows, you know, it's all a learning experience and I want to always look at everything uh, with a little bit of humor and that's kind of how I process things. So you guys know, uh, you know, even the darkest subject matters, I'll throw like a weird joke in there. It's the only way that I can sometimes deal with things, right? Um, so having said that, we're going to do this Casey Hammer interview, okay? And then I am going to throw on like 45 minutes. I did a two-hour Patreon tonight with my good buddy, Kate Legeko, who I've recapped many things with in the past. And there is a new show on Netflix called Selling the OC from the creator of Selling the Sunset. And I got to tell you, I, I love it even more than Selling the Sunset. I was like five minutes in, I was like, whoa, this is way better. And it's the same ridiculousness of Selling Sunset. But, uh, and we we did like a two hour, and it, it goes all over the place and it's silly and it's stupid. But I decided to put like 45 minutes of it on just because I think it's, I think it's pretty silly funny. And I think we sometimes need that after we talk about like really serious things. And I was talking to, um, Kate about that. I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll put on a little bit of this on tomorrow's show because it, it, it it's a little intense. And uh, I said, or is that is that disrespectful? And she pointed out, she's like, you know what? You you really you know your show does go back and forth like that a lot. And I realize you guys are so cool in that way that you'll let me go from a really serious topic that we talk about, you know, semi intelligently to really stupid, silly potty humor. And I love that we can do both and that you give me the opportunity to do both. So I'm going to do that today just because, listen, I needed that laughter early with Kate talking just like, you know, silliness. And maybe you guys need it too. And and then also, if you want more of it, and I hate to do this because it sounds like, ugh, go over to the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash so bad it's good. We're going to be recapping all eight episodes of Selling the OC over there. And I'm telling you. I fell in love with this show, and I hope you guys will join me over there because this if we, if me and Kate started at this ridiculous of a level, I cannot imagine what the next seven episodes will be like. Also, over on the Patreon, I just want to point out, and I will be talking about this on Friday as well because we also got the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City Season 3 trailer today. So I will be talking about that on Friday's show. Friday's going to be a big show, you guys. So buckle in, get your rest, whatever you need. Hopefully... Diana's lawyers. By the way, Diana's lawyers, if you're listening right now, what is up? I hear you can bill for all of these hours. So like <laughs> I hear you have to listen to all of these podcasts, but it's usually cool because lawyers like to bill hours and stuff like that. And my thing is though, like for the lawyers that possibly have to listen to this or sexy unique podcast or any of the other people that uh, got uh, season desist letters today, like, did any of them like end up digging the podcast? We're like, you know what? This is my client and I got to put a season desist letter out there. But secretly, I kind of like this podcast. Like, you know what I'm saying? I wonder if any of the Diana's lawyers, you know what? Like, I'm going to actually keep listening to this uh, regardless of my client, you know, or, or maybe I'll just listen to the stuff that has nothing to do with my client. Uh, but if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, Diana Jenkins did, uh, her law team, the, the her law team. I was, I was thinking of the guy from real housewives of orange County, uh, the personal injury lawyer that was married anyways. 
Um, so a lot of people got letters today, seasoned assisting, and it was you. It was it was I think people that had talked about the alleged rumor of the Room Twenty Three book that was brought up on the show. And uh, the, you know, the, uh, it's been talked about many times. Now I'm like, can I even say it? But like, you know, the alleged rumors that have been out there about her that I think were very open. And I don't think, um, from my understanding, I don't think Gawker started this. I don't think these podcasters started this or these meme accounts, which by the way, that's what I hear she is going to be doing meme accounts too. And I think that's such a weird way to go. But what an interesting argument that would be just to even, I don't know, like just to even, that's interesting. And especially for somebody that comes from Bosnia and knows, uh, you know, about censorship and stuff. And, and I can't imagine if you go on a show like Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, especially to help your boyfriend, your, you know, the father to your child's music career, Asher, who actually is a good singer. I can't imagine this does like super good for his uh, music. And I, I I would guess just being a student of this kind of stuff, but who knows? We'll talk more about this on Friday and we're going to talk about it in a humorous manner. And so if Diana or any of the other Real Housewives of Beverly Hills ladies listen, maybe don't because you don't want to get your feelings hurt. You always have the opportunity to turn these things off. Follow your bliss, as I always say. Don't do things that are going to upset you. I had to learn that lesson the hard way. Uh, And I'm learning it the hard way this season with Real Housewives of Beverly Hills watching it every week. Um, But I'm going to find some perspective overnight. And uh, we... (laughs) We will we will have a blast on Friday, I assure you. Um, but today and this week has just been so weird. I want to send uh, good vibes and thoughts to uh, my friend uh, uh, Maritza, who works on this show, her uncle. Um, I want to send really good vibes out to my mom. Heard some, you know, very, you know, troubling news today about her. And uh, I would like to send some vibes out to my nephew, um, Watermelon, if you guys remember him. So, uh, and by the way, and and all of you, there's so, so many people that need good vibes and prayers and thoughts and all of that stuff. But if you could keep those people in the back of your head today, or at some point it would, uh, it would mean a lot to me and you never know, right? Like who knows a lot of positivity and a lot of positive thoughts really can change, uh, the course of things in this world possibly. Okay. So. We're going to go to Casey Hammer right now. The show is called House of Hammer. It's a three-part docu-series, like I said, on Discovery+. Plus. It will be preparing on September 2nd, so I imagine it hits streaming services tomorrow night at midnight. And uh, I'm very curious what you think, and we'll be talking about it more next week as well on the show. I recorded a great interview today with Zen Blonde and BBF Bravo, who are both in the docu-series as well. But today is Casey Hammer, who is one of the main reasons this docu-series uh, is here to begin with. Uh, so really, really amazing that she came forward and, and, and the story is actually being told. So we're going to do this right now. And then, like I said, we'll take a, uh, we'll take a commercial break and then we will do uh, an excerpt, an excerpt, an excerpt, I don't know, uh, of my and Kate Legaco's recap of Selling the OC, episode one, which you can find on Netflix if you need a silly laugh. And if you like more of it, like I said, go over to the Patreon. So ladies and gentlemen, um, her book is called Surviving My Birthright, and she is one of the main figures of the docuseries House of Hammer. Here she is, Casey Hammer. 
Welcome back to iHeartRadio. So bad it's good. Today, uh, I am so, I, I don't think excited is the word, but I am so curious to talk to our next guest. Um, I'm, I participated in a docu-series for Discovery Plus called House of Hammer, and it is a three-part docu-series. I've seen the first two parts, and it is just truly um, uh, it's really incredible. It's really just, I mean, it's very nerve wracking. Um, the story that's being told is generational. It's not just about army hammer. It is about the hammer family. And we are lucky enough to talk to, uh, somebody her, first off, her book is amazing. Surviving my birthright. You got to go check that out. You can even do it on audiobook, you guys. But, um, I want to talk to her about this docu-series that I think it is well worth your time to watch. Casey Hammer, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Casey, how are you holding up today? Like how I mean I I I can't imagine talking about gen- trauma like this so much and especially this week when this thing comes out. Are you okay? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I mean that's a funny question, Ryan. Right? Um, but um yeah, I mean again, it it's when you see the result, when I watched House of Hammer, um, I've watched it a couple times now, and and it's powerful, and it's it's it really focuses on victims and multi generational abuse and accountability and consent and all the things that go into wealthy people, especially men behaving badly and getting away with it and thinking they're above the law. So, I mean, again, it's, it's when you see the end result, it's traumatizing for me to watch it. And I'm not going to pretend that it's like, yay, it's, it's tragic. It's, it's hard to watch. And I have a feeling that a lot of people will be tuning in for whatever reasons, maybe entertainment value, but by the end of the three hours, which drop all at once, so you can binge it, it is, you're going to come away with a whole new impression of what you just saw. Because again, it, it's pretty, it's pretty horrific. And for you to to see that and not voice or shout or do something it it would be kind of crazy the documentary uh, the docu series does a really great job of uh showing us the family portrait of course the entrance point is army uh army hammer of course and 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 I, just so you know i used to be in acting class with army i knew him fairly well and uh so when all of this stuff broke it was very uh alarming on so many re- ways just because i also do a, a podcast about pop culture and all of a sudden pop culture and entertainment were intersecting with these very intense subject matters and then when we bring your story into it is that if you could just tell everybody Armand Hammer was, I mean, just a uh, a hugely wealthy individual. You talk about the series Succession. You could only watch four episodes of it because it was just too real. Um, but the family lineage is, can, can you go, it, it was, Armand was your, your great, your I grandfather, love. right? And then your father Julian. was. Julian was, Julian was my father and he was um, my grandfather's only child. And plus a male, and then there was my brother, and then there was Army and his brother. So again, it was a male-dominated family. Women um, were replaceable; they were ornaments, they were disposable. I mean, I was told from an early age, just look pretty, be camera ready, say the right things, go out into the world, and don't mess up, and we'll take care of you for the rest of your life. So, 
Yeah, when, you were in an event with Princess Di and Prince Charles. Like, I mean, there were all of these events, which they have footage of you guys, where it was. You showed up. You looked pretty. You were hobnobbing with the wealthiest of the wealthy. And that your family, especially in terms of Los Angeles history, is 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 so huge. So it must have been wild to grow up, let alone all of the trauma that went along with that. Well, back then, too, there was no social media. So again, image was everything. So when you left the, the, the I want to say safety of your home, but my home was not safe. But when you went yeah. out to the world, you were um, scrutinized. And this was by your own family. You were recorded. You were filmed. You were everything, your image, everything was controlled by my grandfather's narrative. Because remember, this is a man who wanted to get the Nobel Peace Prize. I mean, again, his reputation was everything. He you know, hosted the royalty from all countries and presidents and, and movies. He wanted a legacy. I mean, that's, I mean, in you guys, the hammering museum is a huge part of Los Angeles. I mean, like, you know, the, what he invested in and also, I mean, just so many interesting aspects to this man, but you said he would spy on everybody. He would kind of keep everybody under tabs. I mean, what do you think your grandfather would think after watching something like this? To be honest with you, it's um, you almost have to to laugh because he had his own production company that would follow us around. So everything and it was always edited and always to the story that he wanted told. Wow. And a lot of times we knew the the facts behind closed doors that were never discussed. So when, you know, people watch this series and they see the abuse and just the horrific behavior and the fact that, you know, I was 11 years old holding a phone book while my father was shooting at me. I mean, that was just normal everyday activity for me. So again, it was all about, you know, and, and Ryan, I think this speaks to abuse on all levels because it doesn't necessarily just have to be the physical aspects of it. Mental abuse is, is just as powerful because what it is, is it, it's mind control. It's um, people trying to take charge of everything you think and do and feel. And you think that that's the only way to get loved or that's, you know, you're, you're searching for validation and love and you keep putting yourself in harm's way because you think that they love you. They can't hurt you. And it's yeah. also evident, you know, in the docu-series where I'm in my thirties after my grandfather passed away. And when I gave up my career to babysit my father so that he wouldn't blow his brains out and he's holding a loaded 357 Magnum to my temple every hour to make sure that he would I'm wake not, you up. He was on methamphetamine. Yeah. He would wake yes. you up every hour. You guys, some of the stuff is just so intense. And that's why I say it's so well done, but it is in intense. I can't imagine what it was like living through that. You also made a point earlier and the documentary does as well is that, you know, women, uh, in the world, but especially women in your family, it's just very interesting how you have been used as props by various hammer men leading up to even army and how he used men. Um, when you started hearing about all the army stuff, you had already published your book in 2015, I believe. I mean, were you kind of like, oh my God, it's happening again? What were your thoughts on that? Well, what happened with the book, um, basically I was writing it as a journal, as a healing for me to help empower myself and make sense of what had happened in my life. Because again, my mother knew everything that was going on and she didn't come to my defense or keep me safe. So I had no one to, to bounce this off of. So that's how the book started. And then I self-published and I controlled the narrative. So it was almost like I did it to get that copy and hard print to be able to hold and say, 
I'm validated because I feel empowered. This is my story. And then every now and then someone would find it and comment on how it helped them. And I thought, wow, that's really amazing. That makes it worth it. And then I was working in San Diego as a kitchen designer at Home Depot last year. And one of my coworkers is like, you better get on TikTok. (laughs) Someone called the Zen Blonde is blowing you up. And I- You guys, this is one of the funniest, well, I mean, I hate to say there's not many funny moments in this, but one of the actual moments that I did chuckle with is that you were like, I'm blowing up on TikTok? Like, what is this? And Lauren, our friend Lauren Zen Blonde, who will be talking to as well, she had posted this wonderful series taking you guys through her book. And she was doing it like just on top of it. And it started exploding like social media does. And this is years after you had written this book and released it. It must have been wild to hear this. It was wild because I really watched in two hours her live stream reading my book. It was about 14 videos that went viral. And if you go back and watch any of them, it's like she can't talk fast enough. It's like she's like she was so excited about the caffeinated and was recapping (laughs) my life. And like, you're never going to believe this one and this one. And and all of a sudden I went from five followers on TikTok to 5,000. And in that moment, I realized the impact of social media, but I also realized that my life was changing and it was really scary because I didn't know what was about to happen. You have to understand when I self-published, I controlled that. This was out of my control. And like I said, I was living a quiet life in San Diego, making people happy, doing fabulous kitchens, right? And it's like, now all of a sudden, I think the universe stepped in and, and there's a point in your life where you have a choice what you do with what's what's given to you. And at, in that moment, it was, all right, I'm going to go with this ride and take this roller coaster drop down and see where it ends up. I want to advocate for victims and I want to, you know, empower them and help them heal. So when Army's uh, misdeeds and all his things started happening, I got reached out to a lot by the press, um, especially yeah. after the Zen Blonde outed me. And it was one of those moments where I didn't want to be a soundbite for his implosion because he would do that on his own, right? I wanted, if people wanted to talk to me, I didn't want it to be about Army. I wanted to be about why I wrote the book and why I want to, you know, bring awareness to it. So again, And I want to clarify that to the audience as well, you guys, is this isn't a, um, and the documentary doesn't, docuseries doesn't paint it as like some kind of fame grab or something like that. I love what you said is that this really truly should bring awareness. Like you said, this talks about consent. This talks about how women are used in this country. This talks about the power of wealthy men. It talks about so many important issues. And I do believe, you know, its heart is in the right place. And you know what, Ryan, especially when you see the victims come forward in House of Hammer that wanted to be a part of it, they're smart, intelligent, successful women that got sucked into this vacuum of craziness, mind control, manipulation. And no matter what level it entered, it was still haunting that anybody can get sucked into this. So again, it's like, I mean, the ego on these men, I kept thinking about the, I mean, I deal with a lot of real housewives and reality mm-hmm. shows, and I always t- joke about the ego, but watching this docu-series, I'm seeing every one of these men, you know, I know this is your family, but every one of these men 
had such huge egos, even army for somebody that high up and it's that amazing of a possibility of the career and legend he could make of himself still would go into DMs and be reckless and be, I mean, just keep pushing the line further and further and further. And we, you know, and I know it goes into BDSM a little bit, but this is not even exactly BDSM, you guys. Like this is, it really went past a certain point, but I, I do uh, really appreciate that the docu-series really handles all of that delicately. And again, you have to remember that in my family, they got away with things and it was covering up the crime that was even worse and more powerful and strategic. Like I comment about my grandfather ran our lives like a chessboard. And that was uh, when I was young, my father taught me how to play chess when I was like five or six years old. And that was if you could beat, beat him, you got $50. So as a little kid, you were like, I want to play chess every day because it was all about strategy and your next move. So it was always being ahead of the other person. So that's what we were trained with early on and not knowing why, but that goes into every aspect of your life. It speaks about the power of money. I mean, your father at one point uh, uh, killed a man and there, there was money given and, you know, $50,000, uh, in money that Armand, uh, paid off and it, it went down to manslaughter and not murder and, and things like this. It just shows you how much money and power can affect things. And it's really scary. Was there any part of you that was scared to do this docu-series to speak out even further, even though you had already written the book? Absolutely. Um, I mean, I've been, threatened my whole life in this family. So again, it's 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 one of those things though where you have to say, you know what? I'm not going to live in fear. I mean, if something happens to me, it happens to me. But if I go out affecting one person by the story I'm telling, then it was worth it. And the minute you give in to fear and you start being terrified or changing your behavior, they win. They take the power. And I refuse to give my power away to any hammer ever, ever again. So well, I mean, this is a lifelong this is a lifelong journey and struggle for you at this point. You exactly. know, I mean, this is surviving your birthright. Um, I, I mean, I got to say, I was even scared. I'm a very sm- I, I, I'm in the first part, you guys. I don't know, you know, and I, I speak to a couple of things, but I don't even like I started getting weird threats all of a sudden. I mean, somebody said I got filler, you guys. I've never gotten filler in my life. And that's just hurtful. Right. Casey, come on. No, but it's weird. Like, I was like, wow, people are out there that like Army so much and Timothy Chalamet so much that they want to say something. I'm like, you haven't even seen this yet. You haven't even given it a shot to, like, tell the story or to listen to the story that they're telling. Exactly. And if that's the lead in, if that's what gets eyeballs in and, you know, if you can even change a handful of those people, even though it's not really important, I mean, the the, the importance is the victims and how we can empower them and help them heal and, and put a stop to any behavior like this ever happening again and making people accountable. I mean, then we've done our job. And again, House of Hammer, I'm so proud to be a part of that. And what the producers did and all the people that came forward and supported the series. It's like, it's really powerful. And I know that it's going to make a difference. And, you know, when you've seen all three of them, you come away and, and you just like your jaws on the floor and it's almost like, wait, I need to watch it again. There's way too much information. I need to digest it. And you just don't believe what you're seeing. But again, I'm here to say it's not Hollywood scripted. This is like real life. This is my life. 
I always say that like everybody says like movies are so ridiculous and I'm like real life is even more ridiculous and scary than movies can be. And you lived a true, like it's just a very scary thriller. And some of these scenes, you guys, especially in the second episode, really, I mean, the army stuff is fascinating, but I really want people to like the, the history of this family is where it starts to really get me and to imagine what you had gone through, you know, like when your parents split up and you know, your brother goes with your dad and you go with your mom and then they paint scenes of you coming back with your dad. And there's like women and there's drugs, paraphernalia laying everywhere. How scared were you as a little girl walking into that scenario? You don't think of it as fearful because you think your father's always going to take care of you. What's scary is that when the police would show up, oh, Arm and Hammer's son, and they would be like, you know what, Julian, keep it down. Maybe turn the music down. I mean, we lived at the top of Pacific Palisades and my father had a, a seven foot tiki that sat in the yard that had light lighted eyes and smoke coming out its mouth. I mean, this is how ridiculous and maybe people don't think that's so ridiculous nowadays. But back then in a very elite neighborhood where people just didn't do that. I mean, it was, my father was all about making a big splash and then my grandfather would have to come around and, and put out the fire. But again, it was, my grandfather's name opened a lot of doors and a lot of power and people looked the other way, like being pulled over by police. Um, you just let them know who you are and, you know, you move on. It's, it's um, being as a child raised in that and seeing how that open doors, it was, um, again, but then you had to go home to the scary stuff and the dark stuff. I mean, my family history, which you, you see in house of hammer, it's really dark and twisted and just, yeah, you guys, it's very dark and twisted. In fact, I've only seen the first two parts and it leaves at such a really gripping climax with what you say at the very end of episode two that I'm, I, I, I emailed, that's, I was like, I, I kind of, I want to, I need to see episode three. Now I need to like, I need to make sure Casey's okay. I need to make sure. And I want to see how they all tie it in. Can you give us any, um, uh, can you let us know? And by the way, this will be out after this actually airs. So you guys will know, but do you get to meet any of army's victims? Do you get to, uh, I mean, how involved did you get with, uh, some of these ladies that came forward? I mean, it was nice in in a sense that it was my story that I was telling and and they became a part of it. So it was almost like watching them share their story. And again, in episode three, when you've watched all three episodes, you'll you'll get a lot of answers to questions. Um, But just seeing how brave they were and are um, to come forward like that, your heart goes out to them. And again, it's like something when you have a shared experience in life and you can um, speak to someone who's experienced that or witnessed that and and can empathize with that. It means a lot when you can look into someone's eyes and hear them. And and that's really all they're looking for is to be heard and acknowledged. And I think that's the the key and um, one of the, the points that House of Hammer will bring you to, I hope. Yeah, I know. It's very it's very frustrating to me how I feel like we view women in this country and especially every time we say we're going to listen and then we kind of don't. And that it's really it is another kind of fascinating story on this Um, to, to get present day. I mean, I remember when this story really started breaking. I mean, so long ago now, like around Christmas time in January and all of this stuff and 
you know, it really spread like wildfire about all these rumors and the cannibalism aspect of this, all these sensational things when we had all of this actual proof of all of this stuff that had happened in the past away from Army that it's like, wow, when you piece all of these things together, which the docuseries does a really good job at doing, it becomes even more frightening and heavy because, you know, we're it gives motive, it gives all of these things for building the perfect beast in a way. And I and I I hate I don't mean to say that since sensationally but it is it is scary when you start i mean i remember hearing this stuff and going like dude i knew i i army i thought army was going to be a politician i thought he was going to be i thought he was going to run for like office one day and especially after he was with elizabeth and i I was like wow he that's a he's definitely going this way in his life and then for all of this to come out was just but also all the rumors and the social media on top of it, it became so sensationalized. Where do you think we are now present day? Or would, I mean, I kind of think like this guy, he will definitely work again. Like I, I, I thought for a second, like I don't really believe in cancellation or I don't really think it actually happens. Do you think he will uh, get back to his former glory at all? To be honest with you, Ryan, I don't, I don't know. I mean, again, it, it's not, something I'm focusing on in a sense of, you know, again, my purpose is to shine a light on, you know, advocating for victims and survivors and, and continuing my journey with maybe doing Ted talks or writing more books or doing something that really puts that positive spin out in the world to let people know that, you know, there is a safe space that they can come forward. So again, I just know that growing up all of my family could have been politicians. You talk to anybody, anytime any one of my family members walked into a room because they were larger than life, all of them, handsome, um, bubbly, politically, you know, correct. In yeah. the sense of you just love them. You gravitated toward them, their energy. And so again, when you have someone like myself talking for the last 61 years in a sense of, well, I don't know if what you're saying or what you're seeing is accurate. They look at me like I'm the crazy one that should be locked up. So again, it's all relative, but we were taught how to do PR and how to spin it and how to portray ourselves out in the world so that people are starting to stand up and take notice of what's happening. And you know, again, it's like with the Me Too movement, right? Um, it took a couple people to come forward and be able to to share their experiences that all of a sudden everyone started paying attention and shining a light. I mean, I, uh, like you, I'm sure, you know, when someone new comes into the the forefront, you're like, no, I never thought. Right. But Hey, you can't get away with it anymore. So it's almost like there needs to be a me too for home as well for like people, just because your parents gave birth to you and pretend to love you. It doesn't mean that they can do whatever they want to you. So it's kind of right now it's about holding people accountable. Like, It's not, you can't get away with it anymore. And I don't care how much money you have and how much privilege or how much power, it's not going to work, especially with social media. And that's where I applaud the good that social media does do because they really shine a light quickly, effectively, and in a huge way on issues that really have been buried in the past. 
Yeah. And as long as they can do it in that correct way and not just spread gossip, I totally agree with you. Um, this is a three-part docu-series. Uh, I, I, I was like, I, I thought it was two parts at first, you guys. And I was watching the second part and I was like, wait a sec, there's only seven minutes left. What the heck is, I, th- I was like, this is ridiculous. And then I found out there was a third part. I mean, but I feel like the story could actually even keep going in some ways. I mean, I was so fascinated with your uh, the actual family stuff that I feel like it was just the tip of the iceberg. Because I was even like, you know, you know, Armin being a Russian Jew, uh, then you have Catholicism that gets brought into it later. There's so many different avenues that I just found so fascinating. What are the qualities besides learning how to be like PR like in your life? What do you take positively from your family? This just whets your appetite. There is so much more to be told. We only had three hours to tell this story. So again, there's a lot more that can be said. And again, people are going to be fascinated by the history of the hammers. I mean, things like bringing communism to America. I mean, again, it's like you're wrapping your head around it. Well, in the docu-series, you see some of the people that were voice on the phone with my grandfather that you just kind of shake your head and be like, JFK makes an appearance in this docu-series. You guys, I was like, wait a sec, what? And he was like, hey, and, and Armin's like, I'm glad, glad to talk to you again, buddy. And I'm like, what? I'm like, it was like, like it was nothing. Like it was like, of course the president. And there's a great quote in there of like, why do, why didn't you run for president? It's like, there's not enough power in it for me. Right. When I asked him as a child, because I saw him holding all this power and me thinking that president was the biggest thing. And he was like, no, no, no. I mean, he could he was the only private citizen that could land his private plane in Russia and China. You know, all the U.S. presidents, you know, look to him for aid. I mean, it was he was behind everything. Ryan, And it's frightening to, to realize that someone had that kind of power and he thrived on it and he. I mean, well, he lived for that moment. I mean, if you think of the political landscape even now, there's obvious connections that you can make just in the terms of power and all. I mean, it really, every aspect of this is fascinating. Um, as we start winding down here, I mean, would you ever consider writing another book? I mean, I think this is the tip of the iceberg. And I, I was like, oh, and it's so weird, you guys. I've, I've expressed this before when something is real and then you're also like, entertained or titillated by it. It's like a weird feeling because these are very real like issues that happen to women and have like really scary stuff. But at the same time, I was kind of on the edge of my seat at times. And I was like, is this okay that I'm actually, but I really was learning from it. Um, But like you, I think it's the tip of the iceberg. Would you do another book? Would you continue with another docu-series if, uh, if this was successful? I mean, right now I'm in this moment and it's, it's um, I don't know what the universe is going to throw at me. I am writing a sequel that, kind of shows people surviving and thriving that I stand here now um, and kind of where surviving my birthright left off in a sense of, and I don't know if that'll ever happen or get it, but for me, it's a healing again, another empowering thing. And I'm also, I wrote a children's book recently and illustrated that. And that's again, like going back. Wait, what's the children's book about? Um, it's so it's it's called Joy of Wonder, and she's a an alien, and this little lonely entitled girl makes a wish on a star, and joy comes, and and they 
explore life together, but little things like butterflies talking. It's like, it's all about imagination and not anything with phones and teaching children how to go outside and play again. And it's, it's animated and it's fabulous. And I'm so proud of it. And again, it would be little Casey, like, like that's like how I envision my life. So that was really healing. And it's going to be a series of books. And then also Ryan, honestly, I would love to help and empower victims. And if that means doing Ted talks or doing any kind of, I'm kind of open in this point to anything that if it feels good, I'll do it. You know, again, it's like trusting. Yeah. You couldn't have expected six years ago that this was going to happen, you know? Absolutely not. And again, it's not like I went looking forward or welcomed it, but again, it's once you have that opportunity, what are you going to do with it? And how are you going to help? Um, uh, are you nervous about people's reactions to this when it comes out uh, this uh, this Friday? Are you, are you nervous about that? Are you going to pay attention? I mean, I, I don't know what it's like actually having this be your life story and then leaving it op- open for people to be critical about. I don't know how I'm going to be. I'm hopeful and, and optimistic and know that I've seen the, the, the docuseries and it's amazing and Again, so far, I think someone sent me the picture of the side of the building in New York City. And when I saw that billboard, right, it was like, whoa, like you don't believe this is happening. So again, it's just all you can do is hope that it makes a difference in a really positive way. And it helps people realize they're not alone. And again, it's I'm here to shine a light on things that I think will make a difference. And um, that's all I can control right now. No, and I think you you did such a beautiful job. I really cannot, and I say I cannot wait to finish this docu-series. I mean, truly, it's such a weird thing to say, but I cannot wait to finish this docu-series. And I got to tell you, I was really nervous to be a part of this because this is somebody that I had known in my real life. And there was a lot of stuff in my head about feeling like a bad person, feeling like a bad friend, potentially. I mean, even though I have not talked to him in a very long time, there was something that I was like, the army I knew. But after reading all of these accounts and uh, these women coming forward and the bravery and listening to your story, um, it did, um, you know, because somebody, uh, my friend Danny was like, oh, I saw, I saw you in the, you, 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 you'd look good and all that. I was like, I don't, none of this was for me about like attention. I thought this was just a very important story that needed to be told. And I wanted to try to help in any way to get some of these victim stories out there. But I thought it, I was so, so relieved to watch it and how well it was handled. And I, I just thank you so much for your time today and spending so much time with our audience. I hope we can meet on better terms at some time. I'm friends with Lauren and Zed. I mean, and, and I, I really, I would love to, to chat with you in a real way someday. I mean, even though this is real, but thank you for sharing your story. I think this is so important. And I hope, I hope this really, I think this really will help people, you know? I'm, I'm, and I want to thank you for being a part of it. Because again, when I saw you on screen, I know you through the Zen Blonde. I was like, oh my gosh, I was like, I knew I knew of you and and what your involvement was with Army. And again, it's people like you that came forward and spoke your truth. And when you see the outcome of the impact of the docuseries, you're going to be so happy that you are a part of it. 
Yeah. Well, thank you so much for even allowing me to be a part, a small part of your story. You guys, the docu-series, House of Hammer, Discovery Plus, three parts. You are going to binge this all at once, even though it, it, I'm telling you, it's going to be a wild ride. So be ready for that. You know, a lot of trigger warnings need to go out when watching this, but it's a very important story. I really highly recommend. I had to teach my parents how to get Discovery Plus just so they can watch it. But I think it is totally worth it, you guys. Please go support this. Please go support Casey and also go read her book also there's even one with our friend heather mcdonald doing uh an intro over on uh, audible and stuff so i think just go support casey go support this story make sure to believe women listen to them and um you guys i think you're really really going to get something out of this three-part docuseries casey hammer thank you so much thank you ryan have a great day Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from 30 performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Now is my favorite part of the show when I get to talk about our sponsors. We have two returning sponsors this week, and uh, I love them both. Our first one is our friends over at Splendid Spoon. You guys know how much I love Splendid Spoon. When the weather is warm, you you can't help but get out and explore. And it is so important to refresh and refuel after a long summer getaway. And Splendid Spoon can completely help with you with that. So whether you're planning for the big summer trip or recovering from one, it's important to give your body the fuel it needs to feel its best. With Splendid Spoon, you can enjoy a clean, delicious, stress-free meal in just minutes. Splendid Spoon takes the work out of eating healthy by delivering ready-to-eat, plant-based meals, smoothies, and juices right to your door. Um, they have sent me now products two times, and I get excited every time because you get to actually pick your menu options. And the smoothies are delicious. The juices are awesome, and like they have like this kind of like energy shot. The meals you can uh, delicious. There's like this cauliflower one. There's like a burrito bowl one. There's so many cool things to choose from. 
and it fits into your daily routine so easily. I just kind of work at my desk all day, so it is the easiest thing for me to go pop one of these in the microwave for a couple minutes, and you have a very healthy, delicious meal immediately. Um, and like I said, these smoothies are so, there was like a banana strawberry one that it it tasted like a treat. I was like, oh my God, am I, this is like a cheating on my diet. And it's like, no, you can actually have this. This kind of food gives you energy. Your body processes it where it gives actual strength, better digestion, the whole thing. And also get this splendid spoon meals are shipped right to your door. So you can enjoy just in minutes. All you have to do, like I always say, the big, the big thing if you do not like taking packages from your front door and then putting it in your fridge, then you might not like it. But that is really as hard as it gets with that is just actually taking the box from your porch and then putting it to the fridge. Uh, Splendid Spoon fits into any schedule and there's a meal plan for everyone. Also, every single meal is 100% plant-based, gluten-free, and GMO-free. Enjoy delicious dishes like creamy mushroom and spinach noodles, coconut curry, which is awesome, and the cauliflower tikka soup, which I talked about earlier. You have over 50 choices that are constantly rotating on your menu, on their menu, so there's always new dishes to try. So stay well-fueled this summer with Splendid Spoon. Get started today and save an entire week on an entire week of ready-made plant-based meals. Just go to splendidspoon.com forward slash so bad for $50 off your first box when you subscribe. That's 50 whole dollars off at splendidspoon.com slash so bad. And I have to tell you, because I always think about this in pricing, and you know me, I'm kind of a little bit of a cheapskate, and I have been, um, I, I paid for a fitness trainer, and you got to start like, and, and it's been really worth it, even though I hate paying money for anything, but things like this, things that you actually make your life easier and make you healthier, these are worth spending for. I truly, truly believe that. So really try Splendid Spoon and you, hey, if you do, you better you better use my product code. Come on, you guys. Uh, our second sponsor is our friends over at Dame. Um, I love Dame. I've talked about them many times. Last time I told you about a, uh, a product called the e- Eva, which was a couple's product. Today I'm going to talk to you about uh, their other product, AIR, A-E-R. So here's the deal. Having a pleasure practice is good for you. It can improve the quality of your sleep. It can help you de-stress, relieve pain, even give you that lit from within glow as you go about your day. But most importantly, exploring your pleasure on your own helps you get in touch with yourself and learn more about what you like. That's right. It, it leads to better sex. So check out Air, the suction vibrator from Dame Products. Air is a powerful arousal tool for fans of oral stimulation. Dame's Air creates thrilling pulses of air and a soft seal around your clitoris so you can go all the way right away. Not only is it perfect for beginners, it's also waterproof and features five intensities and five vibration patterns so you can explore what works for you. And the best part, Dame offers hassle-free returns within 60 days, so your satisfaction is literally guaranteed. I'm telling you guys, this is nothing to be ashamed of. This is something that we can talk about. We're all adults here, but I think learning to be able to please yourself is so integral. It's, it's really imperative. Anything that can actually uh, give you pleasure, 
The whole point is to have a better quality of life for yourself. And with a company like Dame, which is female run, uh, go check out their website. There are so many cool products on there. There is bound to be something that you will enjoy. Um, so try any of these products or any of the other toys from Dame Products by going to dameproducts.com and use code SOBAD today for 15% off site-wide. That's code SOBAD to take 15% off your first order at dameproducts.com. Um, yeah, Go try it out, you guys. Like I said, it is hassle-free. Check it out for yourself. Okay, we are on to something insanely silly and stupid and funny, and that is a recap of Selling the OC. Now, we're already 20 minutes into this uh, for the clip you're about to hear. You're going to hear like a 45-minute clip, but it's like a two-hour podcast we recorded for episode one. Me and my friend Kate Legaco, uh, at Middle Kate, you can find her on TikTok and Instagram, and she's awesome. She's done a bunch of Patreon episodes and even the regular podcast as well, and she's also a real estate agent, so she really knows her stuff, folks. I mean, this you're getting expertise, and I just sit here and make the fart jokes the entire time. No, but this is – I had a blast speaking with Kate, Kate as always. So uh, I'm going to put a huge 45-minute chunk of this thing on there and then go and sign up for the Patreon and listen to the rest in the beginning and all that stuff. And then over on the Patreon, hello, baddies, you'll get the uh, – the rest of the other seven episodes uh, very soon. So, okay, you guys, thank you for joining me today. As always, I know it can be intense subject matter sometimes, but I also try to balance that out with laughs. And then Friday, we're going to go batshit nuts. Because also, Eric, <laughs> Erica Jane won one of her lawsuits, you guys. And I don't mean win where they gave her money. It's just she didn't have to pay out more money. So we'll talk about all of that, you guys. But it, it, still... It, you know, one out of 10, like, and if you see the previews for next week's Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, oh man, truly guys, I, I don't understand what you're standing at this point, but anyways, uh, selling son, selling the OC, I'm sorry, selling the OC on Netflix, I think is insanely good. Uh, check it out on Netflix. All eight episodes are up now. Here is me and my friend, Kate Legaco. You know, I will say though, that I hate, I, I, and I noticed this a lot in the first episode. I, I'll, I am going to go again. This is like the same thing with truffle. Like I don't like truffle, and I know that makes me like a dick. But I don't right. fucking like. I don't give a shit about marble. Like I don't give a fuck where you got. I don't care about the marble. I don't like. It looks stupid to me. It's like it looks like it's like some like Pollock painting. Like you know, like it marbleized. It's like fuck. I don't. I don't care about the marble. And because that shit's gonna go out of style in ten years, and then you're gonna need some other new stupid thing in your kitchen island. Marble sucks dick. Well, Sorry. marble actually does suck dick because it's porous and soft. Most people with children choose like quartz or something different because it's hard. I would choose marble because I have no pets, no children, and I would treat it like a baby. You have to like basically baby marble. Fuck but that. It's, it's a kitchen. I want to like bang into shit. Right. I want to like, have you like, I like the wood that they use at Ikea. Now that is some real nice wood that really can withstand some stuff. I'm not going to come on Ikea. <laughs> you get what you or you get what you pay for. It's good for its purpose. I do wonder if I'll ever grow out of like, I, 
I don't know if I'll ever allow myself to not buy Ikea furniture. Like I'm still, yeah. I mean, it's been decades now. Like I've still not grown, I'm not grown into my big boy phase yet for furniture. Like I literally just got a new bed set a year ago from Ikea. Well, it's, it's, it's a big thing with the bed frame because that's a lot of thing girls use on um, apps. You know, do you have a bed frame? You know, yes or no. So you're doing better than most, you know, if there's no bed frame. Oh yeah. Like <laughs> yeah, I, I Red flag with the no headboard. What is like one of my favorite tweets? Some girl was like, oh, I'm just used to guys having a mattress in their kitchen, like skateboarders, you know? And Navy sheets, another red flag. Wait, why Navy? What's wrong with Navy sheets? It's kind of, you know, indicative of a certain kind of fuck boy, I believe, or Navy sheets? Yeah. I just, but Navy just kind of goes with things. Listen, you can do Navy, right? I'm not, I don't make the rules, Ryan. Well, I, I don't know. I I mean, to me, and you, you would say like, oh, you obviously have Navy sheets. I don't. I used to. I have like, I have a like a white with some like black splash thing. And then I have like some just basic black sheets. And the black sheets always screw me up, too, because my remotes are black. And that's another like then I just lose shit in my bed all the time because I'm like, I'm an idiot. Why did I just choose all black bedding? Because then things get even further lost. Now, Ryan, if you had white sheets, we all know the remotes would still get lost. Like, oh no, I, no, it's all fucked. I mean, why well, are we just spill? My fucking life. Oh yeah, well, I I've said this on the show before, but I want to say it again in case there's any industrious people that want to help me with this. The remote glove, like sharp, the huh. remote glove. Okay, so it's like a nice, it's fingerless, it's it, it's form fitting, and you put it okay. on when you go to bed, and then you can slip a remote into it on here, like on the palm part. And so it doesn't obstruct anything. Like it's just, it's just there. So when you're sleeping, it's not going to like, you know, you put your little Apple remote or whatever, and that way it's always on the glove. And then in the morning you take the glove off, the remote's still in there. There's never a lost moment. And of course this is mainly for people that sleep alone and, you know, don't have much of a life, but still I feel like there's a market for this, you know? I will drive down the street and knock on Mark Cuban's door myself. We will we this on Shark Tank. Tell me, hey, not- wait, wait. Yeah, will you do that and say, I'm willing to give him 5% for like that? Right. Would be, yeah. Go over there yeah. right now. With, I um, like, uh, I think Mark is a pretty fair shark. I don't know. I never watched the show, but you've never watched this. Actually, I haven't watched the show in a long Let's- time, but I used to, I used to, I went through a big Shark Tank phase for us like a while where I did, like, I would, I would get really into shark. Like that was like my Friday night. That was when I was married, but we would watch shark tank on Friday nights. And then I remember CNBC got reruns and I was like super excited about that. And then it's so weird. Cause it's still airing new episodes and it just kind of slid away. Like, you know, when shows just slide away and you're like, that was a huge part of my life for a while. And now I don't even think about it. Yeah. I just see like clips on, um, on TikTok, either like Dr. Phil or I'll catch myself watching shark tank where, they're like, watch where they deny Scrub Daddy. And you're like, oh, God, I want to watch that. Like, what a mistake. Yeah. The Scrub <laughs> the scrub Daddy was a great episode. I remember. Yeah, because I think I think Lori got that one because Lori got him into Bed Bath & Beyond because of her super deals that she she had a lot of products with Bed Bath & Beyond. So it was a very attra- anyways. So selling the OC, you guys immediately, you're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I can do this. And then you hear this fucking rocking soundtrack. Where it's like, and you're like, oh my God, it's the same music from that show, Selling Sunset, 
but this is called selling the OC. So you're like, oh my God, it's like the music was so familiar, even though I don't think they use the same songs, but it's the same style of songs. It's girl boss songs. It's like, I'm going to be rich today in the sun songs, you know? I mean, it's, it's classic Adam. What's his face? The producer. I mean, it's Adam giving, Devello, yeah. yeah, it's giving, you know, the, but that's actually pretty comforting. Don't you think you're like, all right, here we go. Same footprint. Oh yeah. The first one, you guys. So the, this, this episode is called paradise comes with the price. And uh, what I take that to mean is the OC is paradise, but it's expensive. So that's where I, wow. that's what I put together just immediately out of the gate. And it turns out I was right. So we see a shot of the beautiful ocean, which I hear is also in the OC. And, um, and you, the song goes, I'm, I'm going to own the day. Nothing in my way. I'm feeling extra good. Like those are literally the lyrics of the opening song. And we hear an engine roaring and then we see boobs, you guys. And it's this girl, yeah. Alex. I mean, like, but her name should be called boobs because I've never seen somebody wear every one of their outfits to show her cleavage. I'm glad you brought that up, Ryan, because I gave it a pass the first time. I got a little side eye the second time. This is not just cleavage. This is not oh. just I'm a prude. This was this was I'm uh, I'm seeing red flags now. Well, I it's not even red flag. I mean, like, listen, the guy in me was like, hell yeah. But then I felt uncomfortable because I was like, it's never not the boobs. And, yeah. you know, it's a boob job, but it's not a ridiculous boob job. It's like it's like a like a teardrop boob job like you know what i'm saying like it's, there's a little like it's, right. it's very decept look deceptive what look at you knowing like the shapes of the teardrop oh is that is that but it, that's what it's like a teardrop because it's not like all like hard and like two like wilson volleyballs in there it's like right you can tell it's she's trying to look real but you know it's not real right like god bless her congratulations but it's not giving hub house you know the obvious no yeah it's not getting like know. oh that must be that must yeah. be awkward sometimes if you yeah. hit something and hard, you know? At first, I, and, and it's not one of those where like, oh, it would be great without a shirt. It's like, no, I want someone to see all of it at all times. And yes. I, was just, I was just dying with- I was like, do I have to pay extra for this? Like watching yeah. this show? Yeah, it made me think of when, um, what is the Israeli girl on uh, Selling Sunset? She was like, everybody made fun of my clothes, but like, I was a real estate agent. Like, I'm- <laughs> no. well i mean listen all of these women and the men are showing off right. their bodies on the show so it's another classic selling sunset kind of move but i will say alex's boobs are so prevalent in all of the episodes i've seen Everybody. and it's not even me just being pervy it's literally mm -hmm. in your face and i think that shows us a great clue about alex in a way like there's there's something weird and it was <laughs> It was it was almost to the point where I was like, okay, like she's going like if Playboy right. was still around, she's going to be doing Playboy at some point. Right. I'm not going to get off track. But if you ever want to talk that podcast, I'm on the Holly Bridget train anyway. Carry oh. on. Oh, the, their, their new podcast. It's fantastic. Anyway, but yeah, she's wearing. Low wait, wait, wait. I do want to say I do want to say because I I never watch. I, I've seen a couple episodes of Girls Next Door, but I know right. it was such a beloved show. Yeah. But I will say like. And maybe I'm thinking about this incorrectly, and I usually do, and you can teach me why I'm thinking wrong, but, like, isn't it weird now they're all going to bitch and moan and be like, oh, I was crying every time I had to have sex with half when it was like, that 
was the gig, right? Like that was what they all signed up for. Or am I totally misreading the show? And wasn't the show like lovable? Like, wasn't the show all like kumbaya and shit? And I think once you listen, you'll you'll be like, oh yeah. And we've never uh, heard from Bridget, so this has been great. Um, no, sorry, I just re- uh uh, I just got a text about my mom. Sorry. Um, okay. So, um, we, uh, in, in and Alex's boobs, then we meet this Alex, then we meet Brandy and she's uh-huh. like this beautiful light skinned black woman. And then uh-huh. we meet, or they're waiting for this guy named geo, which already is like, what a great selling the OC name geo. Yeah. It, it was very ambiguous. I'm like, is he Italian? Is he, um, I don't know, you're just European, but I think he's just douche. But continue. yeah, because I was like, I was hoping for like an Italian eye, like I'm Gio, right. I'm here to sell the property. Um, but he shows up late, which is so unprofessional. So these two women are, you know, waiting, and Gio in a in a voiceover, he's like, Oh no, he comes in, he goes, This yeah. is OC, this is OC real estate. And then one of the girls, like he comes up in like an orange Porsche. And uh, Brandy's like tangerine dream. And we see this house, you guys, and it's going for $106 million, 18,000 square foot. And it was so, it was so smart for them to start with a bang like this. Like, obviously none of these people have this listing, of course, but like, it was great to start the season with this house. Oh yeah. I mean, Davina is like rolling over and, and yeah, this actually, this actually has a view. However, it just looked like a weird Hawaiian hotel to me. It, it was, you know, like it was hotel. It was like, ugh, I don't know. I mean. Oh, I, I mean, I, I mean, I listen, I wasn't watching it like, oh, someday I can get a place like this. So I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, that'd be cool to like stay in for a weekend. I'm doing I'm being too critical. Like, I'm trying not to concentrate on the boobs. And so I started looking at all the handrails. And no, that's good. Well, listen, I mean, none of these things like they all build on top of each other because they're in the hills. So it's like all of these have multi-level houses, which you kind of have in the Hollywood Hills as well. But this is OC real estate, you guys. And this is Alex's like got the in here. And they're not just letting anybody see this fucking house, you guys. They're not just letting anybody, like, this is like the creme de la creme to even get in this fucking house to begin with. And they're showing us the little, like, they're like custom copper door and they're putting it with like the 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 verbiage so we we can read. Yeah. We're like, oh my God, I see that it's a custom copper door, but it truly is one. And we meet these two ladies that are actually, I guess, they're the, who are the they? I think they're the, either the selling brokers or the representatives of the owner. One of the two. I, yeah. These ladies, Jill and Mateel and uh, Gio's like, hi, we're from the O group. And I was like, fuck yeah. The O group. Like the I O-Group. love when they call it the O group and not the Oppenheim group. I love, it's like, it, it makes me feel like, like we're in a club, you know? Yeah. I heard Brandy say that and I go, Oh, okay. That's, that's like their thing down in the OC. They're just going to be the O, the O group and the OC. I mean, okay. Make that O, o face. Yeah. That was going um, there. <laughs> <laughs> and so the late Jill and Matilda are like, guys, this needs to remain confidential. This is very special. These are for B with a billionaire clients. You guys, no fucking dirty millionaire will own this house. It's gotta be a billionaire, not a cheap ass, poor millionaire. You got to have a billionaire in this place. Right. Just with a B. Just no, a B. Yeah. No and, cars. We're talking Diana Jenkins level only. 
I could buy this house. I could buy two of these houses if I wanted. Um, Geo, uh, the Geo goes, I'm the top dog at the O group. I'm a fucking rock star. So if anyway, uh, so if anyone has a B client for billionaire, it's moi. And I was like, dude, what a power. This guy already is making such a great impression in terms of like, I'm a fucking rock star. I'm like, I, that's what you want to hear on the first episode of a reality series. I guess you're right. But it's also, I guess, a red flag that like he's probably not the best because they're not usually. No, that no, great. no, no. I don't need. No, God. Kate, no, I don't believe him. I don't think he is a fucking rock star and he's the best. I no, want I people to think they're the best. But I'm like really trying to invest in these people. I'm reading everything. I'm reading between the lines. I'm I'm reading between the boobs. Oh, like... I've already written off all of them. They're all trash. <laughs> They're all horrible. There's nobody good on this show. I don't like any of them, but I love oh. the show. I mean, I mean I, you know what? I got to say, I do. And we'll get to this, but I actually side with Jarvis, Alexandra Jarvis and Alexandra Rose, I think. You know, I wasn't expecting that. I, I kind of went to Twitter before we got on just to see what the landscape was. And I, I'll say, I don't know if it was BuzzFeed, but it seemed like you were, um, you're like on the majority side. I have Well, not... I've watched, uh, see, I've watched more episodes. Well, you've watched the same amount of episodes. I feel yeah. like these are, and we'll get, but they're two hardworking girls that are just working. They're like, they're what Kim Kardashian says. They're here to work, you know? No one wants to work anymore. Exactly. So we see the views of this house. Alex, the boob girl says like, feels like we're in a cruise ship. And I will say that was fun at first, but then you'll see them go to another house like, like 10 minutes later and they'll go, it feels like a cruise ship. Like I imagine everything feels like a fucking cruise ship in the OC. And then I was like, oh my God, wouldn't it be great if Captain Sandy walked out? He's like, ladies, hello. Are you selling this? Could I help you sell this with us? Uh, they have a glass bottom spiral staircase Mm -hmm. And then they go to the bedroom and it's a 360 rotating bed, a private beach. And then at the bed, you guys, the roof can open and the bed can rotate depending right. on the stars and the moon. Right. I know. I mean, I did love that, but, you know, maybe maybe like an Airbnb situation. But I what guess do you mean like I mean, like uh, it, it would be cool to maybe stay there like as a resort feature but i'd also be like oh my god like we're we're inside like we're letting the outside inside with this open roof thing you know like i mean be close to the stars sure but like i like listen i'm not in nasa like i'm here to like live in this house i don't need to be launched into space every time i go I, to bed i would have preferred there to be glass but i'm just somebody who's freaked out about like birds and bugs i don't know what the situation is there obviously well, David, yeah you open it up a bunch of birds just <laughs> shit all over you I in your bed my worst, and then you're never going to catch it in that house. You're never going to catch it. It's just going to live there forever. Oh yeah. And, then, yeah. And literally, and you'll, like, yeah. you'll find that 10 years later dead because they've tried to live <laughs> in that place. It's entire bird life. Like there's probably so <laughs> many animals living in there. It's like mm -hmm. when Heather DeBro's house, like she was like, Oh, this is Terry's office. I don't even think he's ever been in here. And I'm like, that's how rich people, they don't even know what they've got in this place. I know. Um, but Geo sees the rotating bed. He's like, the whole billionaire comment makes more sense now. And I'm like, now it makes more sense? You idiot. And Geo says, if you can't get lucky in this bed, you're in trouble. And, you know, already the ladies are giving nervous looks with each other. And Geo goes, I've seen a lot of houses in my day, but this is this is yeah. in the top five. And Alice goes, Geo, 
I said, don't say anything to embarrass me. This is like top one house, you know? And uh, don't get your hopes up, ladies. He's married. Yeah, I, yeah. Before, sorry, I'm sure everybody's <laughs> completely sliding those panties off right now because he is completely so taken, you guys. But Alex in a talking head, who's the boob girl, just to remind you, goes, uh, Gio's such a tool. We're in a new group and he does this. And I do kind of like them. They do hint at it a lot in the first episode. He's like, this is truly, you guys, a new team forming. The O group has never been in the OC before. So this Jason and the other small guy, uh, Brett, put this team together. So they're they're learning. They're learning how to work with each other, which is what Selling Sunset didn't have, because supposedly that had already been going for a while. We're seeing them learn how to work as a family. You know, there's something very Avengers yeah. about it for me. It's nice and fresh because they're getting to know each other while we're getting to know them. Whereas yeah. like selling Sunset, they're like, I w- I lived with Christine five years ago, four or five years. You're yeah. Like, Jesus Christ, how far does this all go back? Um, so it's kind of nice to have that angle. I agree. Wouldn't that be amazing if they did that on reality shows, though? If like we we go five years back, but we don't get to see that. But you actually you go into production five years ago and you just never <laughs> release the footage until you've got five years under your belt. So you can use flashbacks from five years ago, but it'll be new to us. Like that just takes, it's a lot of money to put up front, but I think it would be worth it. I mean, isn't there some movie that someone's doing like that? Yeah. Well, no, 20- there was that movie. Remember what was that? Uh, 13 or what was that movie that won the Oscar with? Uh, they filmed it over 13 years. The, and And yet I don't know. And I, you know, I'm I'm not necessarily a film buff, but I follow pop culture. That that makes me sad that we don't even know this amazing. Was that one with Patricia Arquette, Nathan Hawke, and it was directed by Richard Linklater? Boyhood, Boyhood. Yes, it was Boyhood. Yeah, Boyhood, not Thirteen. Boyhood, yeah. Um, Thirteen was like with Evan Rachel Wood. Yeah, that was a totally different movie. <laughs> um, Geo's like, I rarely come to Laguna, but I'm glad I did for this. Oh. That grossed me out. Like, I don't usually come to look. I hate it when people like put down other like you're you're going to be servicing that part. I mean, I think, you know, I'm sure you get that in L.A. Like, eh, you live in the valley. or like, Yeah, whatever. the valley was always the when I, I used to live in the valley yeah. most of the time in L.A. And be like, oh, you live in the valley. And it's like, it's yeah, over yourself. It just shows real uh, no class. But it is funny, though, now the Valley is starting to like be oh, yeah. like we're making it cool again. And that's why you'll even see on Selling Sunset. Remember, as uh, not Christine, but uh, the other one with the fake smile all the time, the main one. Uh, Chriselle. Chriselle. Yeah, yeah. Chriselle. Remember, she does. She's like, I'm going to start selling into the Valley. I'm going to prove yeah. myself in the Valley. And she did, you guys. Um, so they head down to the library and Gio's like, ladies, be careful. Your heels. Because you're, you're ladies, you got to be careful how you walk. Um, because they're all in those big uh high heels, and the music says it doesn't get better than this. And <laughs> the ladies go, Hey, by the way, what's the commission on this? And yeah. they're like three percent of the sale price. And I was like, Oh, and I thought I was like, Oh, very low, that's not good. But they were all fucking like jazz, they're like 3.18 million, and yeah. so they were all excited. That's why I asked, I didn't know that I thought that sounded very low. Well, 3% is standard. It's usually 6% total split, you know, down the middle. So 3%, I mean, that's standard for me. Um, But I think they were saying at that price point, like that is just astronomical and probably not indicative of maybe the work. Like you probably, I don't know, maybe it depends on your marketing costs or whatever, but it sounds more plausible that 1% or something would suffice. Marketing, do you mean P&A? 
Print and advertising? Print and advertising. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry uh, that you knew that. You're not in the real estate community like I am. Marketing degree, not an advertising degree. I don't know. Um, so I, but I, you can tell I've never even come close to even thinking about owning a house. Cause I'm like 3% losers. Um, and they're all like, holy shit. And Alex shows it's usually 1%, but I guess the seller's motivated. Are there a lot of sellers that aren't motivated? They're like, just like lazy. Like I am besides the yeah. podcast of like, I'm yeah, not they, motivated. Absolutely. It's a huge tactic. You, you put a number that's like, you're, everything in the world is showing your house is worth 500,000. And you're like, you know what? I'm going to put it on the market for 700,000. I don't give a fuck. I don't want to move, but that's a number I could never refuse. So they just go, <laughs> ah. you um, know? Yeah, no, I, 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 I just find that so ridiculous of like, yo, it, like, just don't say anything. Like if you're not, I mean, I, I, I you don't also, like that. if you buy a home, why would you ever even want to fucking leave? I don't know. Something it's upsetting. Talk- some, some people are willing to, you know, overpay. They don't, you know, people don't care. I mean, you see the kind of money that's around. They don't give a shit. Oh, I do see the kind of money that's around. <laughs> um, So, uh, so they're like, you're buying a mini resort. If you buy here, there's a private, and it's the only private tennis court in Laguna. You guys, there's yeah. parking for 25 cars. And which I was like, that's another way to make your money back. You could, uh, rent those spaces out to like college students or, you know, people that need parking spaces, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I hear parking is an issue. That's what I'm saying. So like you would just go to a local business and go, I'm willing to like, you know, for 10 spaces, uh, you can come to this mansion and you can park here for the day, you know? Um, I, I mean, I'm thinking more on the tennis route. I, I say you get those rich, you know, house I'll park walk. on the tennis court. No, no, no. Oh. To charge up the ass for lessons, like a, a green fee. Oh yeah. That should, you know what, when you buy a 108 million house, you should be able, it should come with like, you should own people. And I don't mean like slit, but I'm like, it should come with a full staff, like Mr. Bell, like Mr. Belvedere and stuff. Like this old English gentleman comes with the house. Like Michael from Southern charm. He comes with the house. Bless you, Michael. We're thinking about you. I do think about Michael weekly. Not not even a joke. I do think about (laughs) Michael weekly, but it should I feel like that's maybe potentially the next thing in real estate is selling staff with it. Selling staff. It has a ring to it. Selling staff. Yeah. This is our old English butler, Nigel. He comes with the, uh, the grounds. I mean, uh, this, this, this show seems more like selling staff infections, but we'll, we'll whoa. Um, the three talk after they're like talking, you know, like, Oh my God. And they're like, Oh my God, that number is a game changer. They're still going on about this 3%. And I love big, I love like business words, like game changer. Like I love those like hyper steroid words, you know, like game. This is a game changer. You guys. Oh yeah. Um, they're- Alex says my favorite part of the house is the kitchen. And uh, then Alex tries to make small talk and you can just tell, you can tell they're new to each other. They're, trying to learn how to act in scenes together and re, you know, cause Alex goes, Hey, how's everything going at the office? Which normally you'd be like, well, maybe let's not do this in the $108 million house with these two right. other ladies here, but they need to like start introducing uh, other characters, other characters. And Brandy's like, I can feel the tension already. And she's like, these people, I have been hearing crazy things. You never want to join a new office and make enemies. And I'm really observant. I I've, I've heard it all. And 
in a talking head, they're like, the Oppenheim group comes with its own politics. It's you got to have tunnel vision and focus on what you want or you will not make it because this is cutthroat. You got I'm trying to tell you, this is not this is fucking squid game in the OC, you know? <laughs> yeah, it seems uh, just as cutthroat, if not more people with chips on their shoulder to prove themselves. No, that's what I was like. Somebody will literally die this season. Like somebody God. will kill somebody. Um, and now Alex goes, what'd you say? Now you're talking. Yeah. Alex goes, none of us has scratched the surface. Certain, none of us has scratched the surface of what we can do. Geo goes, come here, ladies, ladies. You need to see this private garden. And all of a sudden, you guys, Harry Hamlin comes out out of nowhere <laughs> in the private garden. With no, sauce. He, yeah, with sauce. And... They're like, they're like, oh my God, grass in Laguna Beach. It's unheard of. And Gio goes, you can hear the waves crashing. And Gio says, Brandy, I know you're new here, but welcome to it all. And then we see the selling the OC title card comes up magically in gold. I mean, chills. Yeah, really. I mean, nipples fully erect at this point. Like, so, I mean, it was like, it was aching. Like, I feel like I was lactating at some point, you know? And by the way, let's just keep calling Alex Hall. Tits or whatever yeah, tits mcgee yeah well there are we will get to it three alexandras and like so there's we're gonna have to just go by nickname nicknames yeah so we open after the telling we we're introducing all the characters so we meet alex hall tits mcgee and she's yeah. like a new office means new agents and then we meet polly and polly has yeah. a, a big a-, a british accent she's like new agents be new listings and then we see this guy, Austin, pumping iron. He's like, there's nothing better than a new challenge. We're building a business, but I'm building a future for my family. And we get a <laughs> shot of wife and kid, his wife and kids. And then we meet this girl, Kayla. What is it? What, what ethnicity is Kayla? You know, I got a strangely kind of like Polynesian vibe-ish Hawaiian. I did too. Yeah. Like there was, I don't know. I mean, it was a I little gen, like a like a younger Jen Shaw kind of vibe. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Jinchal's mm-hmm. Tongan, I think. So I, I'm not really sure, but I mean, I didn't look her up. I, I wasn't um, enticed to look up uh, Kayla's Instagram. I kind of, you know. Yeah. See, I've not followed any of these people on Instagram yet. I'm still at that phase. I'll I get did. there eventually. I did What's look that? up. Polly. I did look up Polly. I did look up Titsmiyi. Um, and I, I think, I think we're getting a very Chriselle angle, but like single mom for Alex Hall. Oh yeah. They're setting Alex up to be, I don't know. Like at times I, I think know. Alex is a villain. And then it's sometimes I think she's like the hero of the P I don't know. It's very interesting. They try to think like, she's like the every woman, but like every woman is like, she's like the one person. I don't know. It's very right. weird. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You can, I can't tell if they're centering things around her or not. Like you can't really tell. So we go to Kayla and she's like, and none of us are going to crumble under pressure. And she's Muay Thai fighting. You, she's in a ring and she's like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like insane. And then we meet two Alexander. Wait, you got to you've got to distinguish that Kayla also has kind of uh, almost a complete sleeve of arm tattoos. I feel like that adds that new character. To be- yeah, no, nope. it was very. Yeah. I mean, uh, I have to. So like I'm not I'm not shaming, but I'm I'm saying it kind of gives you like all right, it's gonna be like all right, she's not a wallflower. Like we're gonna get a little spice. Oh yeah, very very oh, spicy. Oh, yeah. And if you continue to watch, very spicy. So then we yeah. meet the two out two of the Alexandras, Alexandra Rose, and she ha- uh, doesn't really have much of an upper lip. And I'm trying to differentiate. And she's she's 
Like they're both beautiful. Alexandra Rose, and I don't mean like she's a little bigger than Alexandra Jarvis, just because ja- Alexandra Jarvis looks very malnourished. Oh, so, okay. but very both beautiful. If you haven't seen Alexandra Jarvis is giving empanada lady from like very, very model kind of borderline underweight. No offense. It's just, yes. The She's other giving girl- Stuart Little to me. Oh uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. She's yeah. giving like Woody Toy Story. Yeah, no, it was very tall. I mean, listen, still beautiful. Like, I mean, I, you know, beautiful lady. And they're like two for the price of one. There's no better team than us. And then we meet Tyler and Tyler's like on the beach and we see all of his tattoos with his shirt off. He's like, he's like having this in my backyard. I'm selling the lifestyle I grew up in. And then we see Gio, who we saw in the first scene. He's picking out shoes and sunglasses in a massive closet. And he goes, one to ten, I'm a fucking fifteen. I drive an orange. I drive an orange Porsche. My homage to OC. And then we're back to boobs, McGee, Alex, and she's like, yeah. "It may seem like paradise, and it is, but it takes a lot of work to make this look easy." And then all of a sudden, we see she has two kids, and she's like giving out lunches. Like, was it right. two kids or was it one kid? Or did I? She has two. And she's like handing out lunches, and you're like, "Holy shit, boobs, McGee." And that's another reason, you know, they're fake because I hear after you have the kids, the boobs go all out of whack because you fed the kids with the boobs. Listen, I, I don't have any friends with two kids whose boobs look like that naturally. Okay. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying it's obvious, even though she's trying to make it not look obvious, it's still obvious. She's very proud of the boobs. And uh, unless these are all her old clothes and they just hang down so low because of the boobs now, but they're not supposed to like, maybe they're like supposed to be up by her clavicle but the boobs push them out now i mean stretch them out i, I don't you know yeah and, it's and then very blue sun i mean it's loose so you're on to something so then you're like okay this is all new people but i need something to like hold on to something that i'm familiar with and then we see little jason yeah. that little bald motherfucker and he's like and in his it, car his bronco he's like my brother and i have real estate in our blood we're fifth generation our firm, the Oppenheim Group, has so much fucking success in Sunset. We're opening a fucking second office in the OC. And then we see Brett and Jason walk together literally in sync, you guys. In sync. Wait, you missed that his car is like lifted. And I was like, no, 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 no. He has like, a little step. Yeah. A little step comes out for him to step oh, the- down. Yeah. Oh, my- I don't know if that's standard with that car, but I was well, it's like, like when you have a dog that gets elderly, you buy the little yeah. s- step for them to get on and off of the bed, you know? I mean, I, I kind of love it. Cause at first you're like, Oh my God, that, why are they showing us that? That's so embarrassing. And then, um, second of all, maybe they're just embracing their short King status. And I'm, I'm into Dude, that. Listen, Oh my God. I mean, the that. short, the shortest, the king, shortest of Kings. Like, and they are truly Kings. You guys like yeah. truly they're ripped. Uh, they're they're They, they can oh, have, they're What's bald. That? They're they're they bald, bald as can be, very attractively bald. They, you know, you they're can tell bald. what aren't they lawyers originally? No, they're, they're real estate agents. What are you talking about? What I, they were also lawyers previously. You could tell me they were ninjas, and I'd believe it. I mean these guys can do it all. Like these <laughs> guys, and but you would tell that Brett's the one with a little bit more personality, mm-hmm. you know, which doesn't really even say that much, you know, unfortunately, because it's not like Brett's lighting up rooms. Except for that, that fucking bald head of his, like, right. You know, like that's lighting it up. Um, But 
So they go into the office and they're like, all the people are working at their desk and it's the same stupid silver desk that they use. And that was also familiar. So I got excited because I was like, oh my God, they're using the same Beetlejuice desks. Oh, it looked like, I don't know, scrap parts from from like a World War II plane wing or something like, I don't know why they insist. Like, why are they so hard up for those? They don't even have drawers. They don't have drawers. No offense, but like. Oh, yeah. Like, there's no work. All those desks are actually made from Brett and Jason's robot brothers that didn't make it. Mm. Those are what all those desks are made of. And um, so they walk into the office and everybody's like working. And Paulie's like. I was your daddy down. I was your daddy down. It was like, how was your journey down? And uh, Brett's like, I can barely fucking understand you sometimes, Polly. By the way, he doesn't say fucking all the time, but I'm going to say it because I like sure. to say it. Yeah. And he goes, hey, guys, let's let's get this team meeting started. And they're like, oh, like in 12 minutes? He's like, yeah, 12 minutes. No, fucking now. I was like, wow. He's like, no, he's not here to play, you guys. It's a big investment in the OC. And I'm he like, goes, Acted to Brett. Yeah. <laughs> this is like, holy shit, this guy's got a huge dick. That's what I kept thinking. And he goes, Hey, okay, I'd like to catch up with everybody's real estate activities, which I just love. Like, cause it's like, you would imagine he's already caught up on their real estate activities. Because I got to yeah. tell you what the other thing that confuses me about selling Sunset, it doesn't seem like any of these people ever have like a lot of things going on. They always just have one project they're working on. So it doesn't seem like it would take, like, I don't even know why he drove in for this. It feels like a FaceTime could have done this, but we go to Kayla first, who is the uh, the Jen Shaw younger lookalike, and she's like, well, I've been doing a lot of door knocking, you know, it's hard to really, you know, it's hard to, you know, really, I want to work hard and I want to get my first listing, and Jason's like, I appreciate you uh, knocking and cold calling because it's something I would fucking never do, never done it right. in my life, and she's like, oh my I- god, yeah, I've been cursed at, have you, do you door knock? Um, I have left pamphlets at doors, but like most people, you know, you have to have like a license down here or like you have to apply for a permit. And then like most people have no solicitor signs because they don't want like Mormons or whatever knocking on their door. And maybe they don't want real estate agents at their door. A hundred percent. I mean, who does? Um, but I, I, I am a very big extrovert. I cannot knock on doors. I, I cannot do it. Like, yeah. well, you know what you should do? They should do the the best day to do this would be Halloween. Uh, you could, oh. cause nobody, everybody expects the door knock, you know, but like, be like, Oh, it's amazing. You dress up like a ghostbuster or something. And then be like, beautiful house. Uh, you know, like you could start a conversation that way, you know? Oh, Oh my God. Look at this entryway. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, I, Oh, I do know houses a little bit. I'm a real estate agent. But and it- um, yeah. And Jason goes, I, I appreciate what you're doing. And Alexandra Rose to try to come to Kayla goes, me and Jarvis, we used, we cold, we cold knock too. And somebody once sprayed us with water. And then they were like, well, they must've, they must've then went with you because of your, your boobs wet. Well, yeah, it was big. Yeah. Yeah. And Alex at this point, let's say boobs McGee at this point goes, there's three Alexandras in the office, but my name's Alex. I go by Alex. The only person who calls me my first name, Alexandra, is my mother. And yeah, yeah that wasn't a talking head. That wasn't just in the group. That would have been an awkward conversation. It was in a talking head. <laughs> that would have been an awkward uh, interruption. Yeah. 
so Alexander Jarvis and Alexander Rose are the Wonder Twins. They're the team, and they've got this new property like on Dolphin. Like I think that's the street. Right. And they got it, you guys, from door knocking. So they're like telling Kayla, yo, it works. And this is where the argument, even though they want to make Jarvis and Rose like kind of the bad women, but I think this is an example of how they are supporting women. Oh, see, I just was like, there's just no fucking way they got that listing by like I wasn't buying it either. Um, so I was a hater. Door knocking with those boobs. Didn't they say like 20 million or something? You're like, oh, really? You door knocked on a 20 million dollar home. And they're like, you know what? Yeah, I have gates like I I would I I call it gate knocking. Yeah, gate knocking. Uh huh. Just like Coda de Casa, you know, just. Yeah. (laughs) Let me in. Alexander Rose goes, I want to be the biggest real estate in America. Should I say North America? And that was in a talking head as well. And Paulie's like, I just closed my first deal over a million dollars. And then you guys, they're like, ring the bell. And the bell has traveled from sunset. They have a bell in their office too that they ring when they sell. And so, uh, and then Jason's like, just one ring because it's only a million dollars. So, you know, but she brings it a bunch. So, and that was exciting. And Jason goes, no, listen up, fuckers. Huge opening party (laughs) coming up. This is an opportunity for the Oppenheim group to bring the wealthy clients in and introduce ourselves to the community. And I love the thought of the Oppenheim group making a difference in the community. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I wonder if they have a softball team. You know they do. Uh, well, do uh, they play softball and selling Sunset? Maybe they will. Yeah. Ryan, I swear to God, you get wind of them doing a softball game in the OC. I'm flying out there. (laughs) What if I dress up like an umpire? Oh, (laughs) my God. Yeah. And like Jason and Brett try to get in my face, but I'm looking down like, you get out of my face Uh, because they can't get in my face. So they have a little and (laughs) what's that? I want you to be like over the top umpire. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be Leslie Nielsen from uh, Naked Gun. Yeah. Uh, Gio goes, "Okay, so party. We can't get too shit faced. And ju- and Brett's like, just right below shit faced. And that's how, like, this is a loose group, you guys. He's saying right. you can still just don't get shit faced. You can just get under shit faced, which I thought was like really cool. And this is when I wrote, like, you guys, this is like the top gun of real estate. This is like Top Gun Maverick. Ooh. Selling the OC is the best of the best, you guys. It is the best of the best. You're right. Why am I trying to compare it to selling Sunset when I should be comparing it to Goose? Yes, to Maverick and Goose yeah. and all those Iceman. It's like you're dangerous. That's right, you know. Um <laughs> Brett goes, "Okay, okay, fuckers, I believe in your potential. You know, we didn't come out here to fail. We want to be the biggest and the best in OC. So let's get back to work." And then I shit you not this song's like, "I want to make it pop like a soda can going to the top." going to the top just like a pop of a soda can and we cut to alex boobs mcgee and kayla uh little jen shaw and they're at a listing for alex's listing and alex is like oh my god they cut the shrubs while i was gone what the fuck and alex goes i'm a perfectionist i have two kids and i'm a single mom failure is not an option which i was like what does that even mean like letting one of your kids die (laughs) I'll, i'll keep those kids alive I mean, I don't know. I'm not a single mom, so can't relate. I'll just, whatever, whatever they say. Yeah. 
Well, so now we're in a new house and this is a two bedroom, three bathroom house for $3 million. I thought this house looked like shit. What did you think? I feel like they, other than that, 106 million, like they all look the same, but that's kind of like the whole selling California shtick. Like they're all nice view. Yeah. That's why I wish we had like a Josh flag kind of person, like somebody have a niche outside of these modern monstrosities, but I guess that's just what we're going to get. So they're like, once again, they're like, oh my God, it's like living in a cruise ship. So they say it again. And they're like, oh my God, you can see all the city lights at night. And I'm like, yeah, if you're high up enough, you see all the city lights anywhere. This is not like a, like, yeah, no shit. You can see all the city lights unless you're blonde. Like, unless you're Stevie Wonder, you can see all the city lights at night. You know, is this where she talks about the construction too? I love the way you spun that. That was top notch. Kayla goes, oh my God, this house is perfect for my buyer who wanted views, which, you know what? Like, is there any buyers that are like, I am really negative towards views. Don't want them. Do not want views. And I just, you know, I want to like cement wall in front of my face. Ugh, the ocean. And this is when Boobs McGee goes, okay, yeah, there is construction, but they aren't allowed to go past that certain level. And Alex in a talking head schools us and goes, people think construction is bad, but construction isn't bad. It's a sign that people are still investing in the area and the property value is going up. Yeah, like a dumb us not wanting to wake up to uh, construction guys yeah. screaming, bring 7-Eleven big gulps on my property. Like, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I mean, like, but also let's let's try to keep the big gulp, big gulp slander to a minimum. I love a big gulp and like, let's right. not. You know, and also not all people throw them in lawns. I have a trash can. I throw mine in and I don't. Hey, Ryan, I spend my day constantly around construction sites. It's, it's a, it's the land of big gulps go to die. Okay. So oh my God. I would be the real estate agent. I'd be the real estate agent with a big gulp with me the whole time. Yeah. Like what's up fuckers. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's sell this shit. Um, this for $3 million, you only get 1700 square feet. And then Ooh. Kayla's like, is this staged? Great job. And it's like, not a great job. It looks like st- it's stupid. The kitchen <laughs> looks stupid. And they're like, say, like, this is like bullshit. I could like improv. They're like, let's reface the cabinets. And I'm like that. I knew how to say that, you know? Wow. Ryan, strong opinions on the staging. I didn't see that coming. And folks, you won't see what's coming when you sign up for the old Patreon, because this is just the tip of the insane iceberg. Okay, you guys, I'll talk to you on Friday. Bye. Betches.